Hello, and welcome to Local Listen, available weekly on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Anchor, and our YouTube channel. On this week's episode, we have Michael Sinner of King Strang and the Bridge City Centers. We talk music projects, developing your sound, and some history of King Strang and the Stranglers. We also talk about the Bridge City Centers transitioning from being a local band to a national touring act, living in New Orleans, and great busking spots, along with some crazy stories from Mexico. Other bands are mentioned throughout the episode, and you can find links for them in the episode description. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Local Lessons. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I am Bailey of Bailey Ukulele. And I'm Shane from Sanatorium Hill, and we have... Michael Sinner, a.k.a. King Strang, or the guitar player of the Bridge City Centers. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for uh, coming on. Of course. So you have your solo stuff, which is King Strang, and then you got mm. Bridge City Centers as well. Are there any other projects you've been in? Uh, I've played bass in a bunch. I did Cloud and Miltoes for a bit. I've done some stuff with all Lightning Luke. I've uh, I was touring with the Tejon Street Corner Thieves for a while. I think that's the majority of the projects I've been. I've also done some like punk rock. So I was in a band called Los Yeah Yeahs in Salt Lake. Starting a new punk band down here in New Orleans. So you know, I was I was got my fingers in something. God damn. Nice. Buy an upright bass. Nobody's got one. You'll join like fifteen bands overnight. <laughs> Well, right. how long have you actually been playing music? Uh, well, my mom forced me to take piano lessons from five until I joined band and band in fifth grade. And then when I joined band, I started playing drums. But drums aren't very impressive when you're by yourself. So then I started playing guitar. Probably about 13. Yeah. yeah. Nice. If you started guitar so young, how long was it until you figured out the whole like kind of ragtime sound that you have oh that came much much later i mean then i was learning how to play guitar i had like a book called learn to play guitar with metallica so it was mostly just like <laughs> classic rock and green day you know it was kind of the, my main repertoire mm-hmm. back when i remember what happened uh like uh oh brother where art thou came out and i heard wagon wheel and i'm like i'm gonna buy an acoustic guitar and then slowly but surely started leaning less country and like old time and turned it a little more jazzy nice i started playing bass when i was like six or something like that and damn even like starting that young i'm not good at the bass but um like i'm not good at guitar either (laughs) the uh i'm not gonna eat so we're all in the same mood yeah cool let's all suck (laughs) together yeah right but um i when i started playing bass and everything my teacher was like all about teaching me how to do like blues riffs and everything and it was yeah, yeah. awesome until i joined my first band which was like a death metal band and i didn't know what the fuck i was doing <laughs> yep it's like everything you learn to go out the fucking window i feel right. that i feel that super hard i've been in like i'll be like jamming with people and they're like hey just groove to this thing man i'm like i don't know how to groove i can do like rockabilly guitar solos like fakes through some punk some garage punk rockabilly stuff, and that's it. Like, I can't even solo over the chords I play. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I know one position. That's it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what yeah. capos are for, though, so it's it's good. Right. That's what all the bells and whistles and toys are for. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> what the kazoo's for. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, my to God. To fill in the gaps in my guitar playing. 
See? There you go. See, Bailey is a very avid kazoo player, so mm. he yeah, can relate. I, I feel that the kazoo uh, doesn't get any credit the these days. Oh, wait. What was that? I said I've seen Bailey perform at Punks in the Woods. Whoa. <laughs> Years back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I, just, I, get really, I get really, like, nervous when people go, yeah, I've seen you play at this show before. I'm like... <laughs> oh, people have seen me play. Okay. <laughs> That's how that works. My music does exist. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I wonder how uh, long ago that was. I'm not sure. Must That's have been my, my first one, because... It's probably like 2018 or something. Yeah, that was the first year I played. That was yeah. that was the strange year where I wasn't supposed to play, and it was my first year at Punks in the Woods, and then Joy was like, so a, ba- a band dropped. Can you perform on the main stage? And I was like, sure, I don't have a set. I'll play something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't have anything planned, so I just threw in a bunch of cover songs, which I always do. But that time specifically, though, I had like maybe two originals and the rest mm. were cover songs. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. Had like kids jumping around on stage. It was awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. So you mentioned that, are you currently <laughs> down in uh, New Orleans? Yeah, yeah, I've been down here for, like, a little over a year now. Oh, all right. So how's that going with, uh, like, uh, like the Bridge City Centers? Are they still out in Portland area, or are you all just kind of scattered? Well, Clyde's originally from Colorado, so he's been staying at our booking our booking guy's uh, house out in Nacelle, Washington, which is just kind of across the bridge from uh, Astoria, Oregon, in that sort of general area. And then Libby moved down to San Jose. I think she just moved to Sacramento, but so she's in like the greater Bay area and then Scott and Luke still live in Portland, but now it's kind of like, instead of practicing once a week, we'll just like show up for like two weeks and record and go through a bunch of songs. And instead of it being like, Oh, we're here to practice for two hours. It's like, this is the only thing we're doing for two weeks. So it's a lot more focus driven, you know, and like people come with songs that they wrote and you just get in there and like do the work and then go home. That's awesome. Mm. We're kind of transitioning right now from being like a local Portland-based band to be more of like a national touring act. So like the local home shows are a lot less of the majority of what we're doing, you know? So like basically it's like, well, if you don't have to be in Portland for the local shows, like you could be anywhere. You know, you just fly in when the tour starts and then sit in a van for a month. And when you get to go home, you just go home. (laughs) There you go. Mm -hmm. Nice. So how... And the weather's way nicer down here. Oh, I bet. <laughs> a lot more humid, though. Yeah, yeah, it's like probably 80 degrees right now. Ooh. But, uh, no, it's maybe 75. It's nice, though. All right. Yeah. Here we are with rainy clouds and wind. and. <laughs> yeah. It was super sunny, like, a couple days ago to the point that it gave me headaches. I've gotten <laughs> yeah, so me used too. to the constant clouds. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Parts of I was like, sun, I forgot what that feels like. Yeah, right. Uh, so how's the like, transition going from like this local act that you guys were to something so much bigger? Well, I, I'm sure you guys have noticed the snowballing effect of what YouTube will do for someone who's got face tats and is pretty, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, our, music's great. our music's good, too, but we really, really took off on YouTube. And so now the offers just started rolling in, and we started working with our bud, Jay Crash, and he's been booking tours for punk and metal bands for, like, 10 years you know so he's got a bunch of connections and he's like our buddy that we've known for decades you know or you know 
most of us have known him for at least five to ten years. And so, like, he's a good friend. We know he's, like, on our side for the most part. And so he's got all these connections. Everybody wants us out. Like, we've really taken off in the last two, three years. And so it's kind of just, like, <laughs> you, you, like, sit at home and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, this dumb little folk punk band. And then you go out on the road and you're like, holy shit, people like us. This is insane. <laughs> there you go. Why? I, I remember when that, uh, actually, I went back and I watched the video and, like, Bridge City Sinners was a totally different band back then. But yeah, when, um, many iterations. When that, uh, um, St. James Infirmary video, like, went viral. Yeah, and that like blew up. I remember sitting back and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna change a lot." And then, like within the last like couple years, it's like selling out Numos and like yeah. huge shows. And I'm like, "Whoa, okay, this isn't like watching them play at the Wisco back in Madison anymore." Like, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. it's definitely. It's like it's skyrocketed overnight. It feels like every time we go back on tour, it's even bigger than it was the last time. We're like, how does this double in size every time we leave? That's insane. Yeah, that is ins- wow. Two <laughs> weeks ago, we released a new logo, and somebody got a tattoo on their face already. Holy shit! Damn. Yeah, I mean, wow. it's not like full face. It's really like just the, just in front of the ear kind of situation. But it's still like, dude, this is awesome. Wow. I mean, people have probably already gotten like Bridge City Center's like tattoos and stuff already, but oh, yeah. like still, that is amazing. Yeah, the turnaround time. Yeah, just like, dang, dude. Did you have the appointment booked already? <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> and then, of wow. course, like your solo, the King Strange stuff, like that album, I think you put out uh, second, The Second Coming. That came out last year, right? Yeah, yeah. That album is fucking amazing. Oh, it's so good. And the moment you put it out, people are just, like, blowing it up. You're doing something right. Yeah. Well, especially with the Sinners, we really built, like, because we're kind of a super band almost, you know, because Clyde and the Mill Taylor is also great music. Lightning Luke, also great music. And so we've kind of built this infrastructure since the Sinners' success has happened that, like, now we we can all kind of build each other up. And we have, like, outlets, like Spotify playlists and stuff, where we have, like, access to all this infrastructure that really helps us get stuff out and let people know about it you know there's a lot of teamwork clyde does a lot of work on the spotify end you know luke does a lot of stuff as far as promotional things go and scott works his ass off like 24 7 it's like his main job now especially with flail records to just like find the best way to get stuff out and blow it up you know yeah it's like like you're self-networking it's it's it sounds weird how i'm saying it but it makes sense in my head it is true. No, that's 100% what it is. I mean, like, I always tell people I'm not really selling music so much. I'm selling, like, the image and the and the good times, you know? And, like, going out right. on tour is, the, like, the best way to get your to get your stuff out there, you know? You're bringing the music to the people, you know? You don't just sit at home and wait for them to hear it. You bring it to them. Right. And so when, when we go out and tour, me and Clyde and Luke, for almost, like, two years straight there, just, like, lived on the road. And we'd just go out and meet people and meet people and meet people and, like... We all just like resigned to just being broke as shit and living in a van, and we're like, we're doing this, guys, and it really paid off. Wow, Shane, we're doing something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> we need to go back yeah. and, and read the instruction manual. <laughs> you can make at least gas money, and somebody will feed you. Yeah, that's the thing that's great about like the DIY music scene and everything is everybody is just so willing to just kind of help you. It's yeah. so crazy. 
Yeah, yeah, the amount of support I've had that just has nothing to do with anything I've done is absurd. Like, everybody's just like, I will support you because you exist, you know? Yeah. Right. And it's it's really, really humbling. So you got to have some, like, cool stories from the road that stand out more than others then. Uh, <laughs> see, all the good stories are really blurry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, I was on tour with Tejon one time, and they were shotgun and spaghettios. We were going to hell do yeah. And we, did, we were going to do Dunkaroos, but we didn't have like a bucket of ice, so we just started like got a headbutt a trash can, and then get slapped in the face and shotgun beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds like a good time. The ice water first. Yeah. There was one time I was in Guatemala, and this guy was in town from, I think from Ohio or something, and he was just like, bro. You gotta try a Dunkaroo. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, bro, it's the most amazing feeling in the entire world. So we did them. I'd never done them before, but we did, we did it. And I was like, this is insane. Who the hell does this? And now, like, everybody I know has done it. I'm like, what the fuck? This is, like, super weird. Yeah, it's a real shock to the system, you know? It is. It's like, it wakes you up and gets you drunk. It's, it's strange. Yeah, you could be like sliding off, just being like, I don't know, guys, I think I'm going to bed. You do a dunker, you're right back up. Yeah, uh huh. You're like, okay, cool. <laughs> We're back. Right. Shane, we'll have to get you doing one of those with one of your NA beers that you have at the house. It works with anything, as long as it's bubbly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You got to burp. If it's just water, it's not going to work. Right. I've been on the seltzer lately. I was very hard to mm. anti seltzer for a long time. Yeah. Then I tried to cut back drinking, and then holy, holy molies, dude. Seltzers. Yeah. That. It's just like yep. beer, but not. Right. And way cheaper. Yeah, way cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> I got a pretty good story um, of Mexico tour. Mexico, huh? Yeah, so I went down with Tejon to uh, do like 10-day tour in Mexico. Coolest thing I've ever done, probably, because now international touring artist, this guy, right? What's up? And uh, we played the show in uh, Aguas Calientes, and it went great. Like, everybody's like, I'm sorry there wasn't that many people here, but the room was jam-packed. And, like, people are singing along. And you're just like, how are people yeah. in Mexico singing along to, like, Tejon songs? This is crazy, right? And so, like, right. the bar closes down or whatever. But the next one, the bar right next door to it is, like, run by the cartel or something. So they paid off the cops to let them stay open all night. And so we're all, like, outside hanging out or something. And, like, we thought it was, like, live band karaoke or something. Yeah. And so they're like, Sean, get up here and sing a song. And the only one, <laughs> the only one that we could pick he could think of doing was like hotel california that they knew so he's yeah. wasted on stage trying to sing hotel california reading the lyrics <laughs> of his song but he doesn't know the That's words awesome. and, like, and the screen's too small so he can't read it and and, <laughs> oh, geez. and they're like michael spencer get in here we all like run up on stage and we're like yeah yeah and then we get and then they're looking at us all funny. And, like, I, we realized later that it wasn't karaoke. This band was just playing a set. And somebody was like, get up there, guys. And we just started singing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's amazing. I looked so stupid. Just like, yeah. I'm like, thanks, man. Thanks. That's awesome. This band's <laughs> just sitting there I'm like. I'm not really sure what the situation was. Like, maybe it was karaoke. Right. No. <laughs> There's a lot of confusion. I mean, the language barrier and all. It was, there's was a lot of confusion. It was and bombed the song. Totally ruined the song. <laughs> See, that's something I that's wish there was a video of. I'm glad. Right. <laughs> that sound. Oh, I want to go tour to Mexico now. Man, that'd be cool. Oh, like, dang. Mexico that is the fun. greatest, greatest. Like those shows. Were, awesome. Every single one was a banger. 
Wow. Damn. And then they'd all apologize for it not being good enough. And you're like, you have no idea what it's like <laughs> in the States, do you? Like, <laughs> they had a room with like four people and they're all like just sitting at the bar, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. You know, the punk scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man. Sorry, I was out smoking. Great set, though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> for sure. I can hear you. Ma'am? Really? Well, part of you. <laughs> That's when they come up, they compliment you, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is, like, you're in my favorite band. And then they say, like, a different band that played that night. Oh, dude. And he's just like, oh, yeah, that. thanks. <laughs> dude, uh, yeah. we, we played Atlanta, right? And we were opening as Clyde and the Mill Taylors, and then the Sinners played, and then Days and Days played, right? And so... <laughs> it's like after the show had ended and we're like sitting in the bar section not the show section and it's me Clyde and Luke are sitting there and they come up to us and like man you guys were awesome that was like one of the greatest shows I've seen oh that first band sucked though and Clyde's sitting right there like we were the first oh band. no <laughs> the three oh, no. were just like uh, that was us we're like yeah dude that band blows hate them <laughs> you guys are dicks too Oh, that <laughs> sucks. <laughs> there was one time um, I was playing a show at the Fun House in Seattle. It's like my only show I've ever played there. And it was me, and this like weird like Latin rock band, and then this like pop punk band, and then this other guitar player. And after the show was over, this guy comes up to me and he goes, Bro, your set was amazing. I really liked it. I was like, oh, thank you. He goes, I just can't believe you can play the guitar like that. And I was like, actually, it was a ukulele. He goes, no, no, you were playing the guitar. And I was like, dude, no, I was playing the ukulele the entire night. Like, that was my set. Turns out the guy thought that I was the guitar player guy and thought the guitar player guy was me. So then the whole night we were like, we're just going to meet each other. So like the whole night the guy was coming up to us, like just talking to us. And he'd be like, man, when you did that one thing with the guitar where you played it behind your head, that was so sick. And when you did that, like, Shrek cover with your ukulele that was awesome i was like yeah thanks i really i really had to practice playing behind my head like for like 12 hours straight it was nuts like we totally <laughs> had this guy convinced that when we were like each other's bands it was awesome, awesome. Oh, you just gotta roll yeah. with it sometimes right exactly give the yeah. people what they want you know yeah <laughs> right exactly i'm not a musician okay. i'm an entertainer okay i'm here to entertain <laughs> right me. yep Oh, well, you had a good time. Whatever, I mean, you, whatever you want to believe, we'll do it. We'll just we'll just right. run with it. Yep. Right. Whatever makes you feel best. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had a good time. We did our job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, what came first, your solo projects or like like the Bridge City Center stuff? Well, they kind of blend together. So originally, when I had first moved to Portland, I was looking for a place to stay. Right. I was like trying to find a room to rent because I was living in my van. And so once I had enough money to saved up to pay rent and like a deposit and whatnot, um, I had like ads on Craigslist, you know, for like rooms wanted. And this girl hits me up. She's like, hey, I'm looking for a room too. renting in this town sucks. Uh, do you want to like band together and try to get a spot? And I was like, yeah, that sounds easier. Maybe we could get like a four bedroom house and like find some more roommates and figure it out that way as opposed to trying to rent a room in a house that already exists, you know? Right. And so. We, we linked up and one of the one of the um, houses she was couch surfing at, she like stayed in this room while this dude was out of town. And the guy who was out of town was Ryan. And he's the guy who was playing clarinet in the beginning of the centers, right? So she was playing washboard. I was playing guitar and singing. And then Ryan was playing clarinet. 
and we're like looking for more people to play music with. So he put an ad on Craigslist, you know, more Craigslist. And then um, Libby responded to it and was like, hey, I think we probably play similar kinds of music. Yeah, I'm down to like meet up with you guys and like jam, right? And so we're we're like, yeah, we're going to do this open mic at this bar. You should come through. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to hide in the back and buy on them, make sure they don't suck, right? So, so like back then at that point, we were doing jazz covers and it was basically like, an early version of what King Strang turned into. And then when Libby joined, we were kind of going back and forth singing for a little while. And then eventually it just ended up being her. And then we found Scott and then the bridge city centers formed after that. And then I moved, I left the band for a while. That's why I'm not in that St. James infirmary video. Cause I've moved to salt Lake for love. Right. And then salt Lake was where I really started doing King Strang as a serious project. Okay. Yeah, and then I moved back to Portland and rejoined the center, like, a couple years later. All right. Yeah. Oh, so they kind of go hand in hand, you know? It's not like... Because originally, gotcha. like, if you listen to the first center's, like, EP or whatever, it's, like, you can clearly hear, like, the jazz influence. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Like, you can you can hear where the two kind of line up. Yeah, yeah. So how... That's cool. How is the, like, music scene down in Salt Lake? Because I hear stories of people going through and they have a great time but i know when i was on the road and i went through salt lake it fucking sucked (laughs) (laughs) where'd you play um there was this like i feel like it was a like the downtown area i remember there was like this kind of mall with like a fucking trolley car in it uh-huh. Um, but it was by this like uh like this water tower thing, I think it was downtown. Trolley Square. Yeah. yeah. And my wife and I, like, we were fucking on the road for like three months and we were like, you know, we'll go through Salt Lake and like do some busking and stuff and yeah. people just stared at us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't yeah. get kicked out. <laughs> yeah, like well, Trolley at... Square is not the place. You gotta go downtown. <laughs> I I I used to live across the street from Trolley Square. Okay, uh, we like we pulled into town and we're like, we don't know anything about the area. Let's go mm-hmm. to this like visitor center and see if we can get like a local map or something. And yeah. we walked in. They talked to the people in front of us and then talked to the people in back of us. They didn't even like address <laughs> that we were there. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. We were like, Sounds okay, right. we're totally wanted here. This is great. <laughs> so we didn't spend much time in Salt Lake, but <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, you got to kind of know the places to go because otherwise it's just, it's so Mormonville, you know, like everybody is Mormon. Oh, unless yeah. they're not. Yeah. But then if they're not, they're your homie. You know what I mean? Like it's very, it's right. like there are two sides and one side is the majority. Like 3% of that city is the coolest shit you've ever seen. And the other 97% is just atrocious, like atrocious shopping malls, you know? Yeah. I remember the first time I realized it, because we lived in the city when I first moved there, right? And so we're only hanging out with, like, the punks. The girl I moved there with had lived there before, like, grew up there. So she still had some friends in town. We still, like, knew some people. And, like, she wanted to go to Lush to get some cosmetics, you know, that are vegan and sustainably sourced. And uh, so we had to go to this mall that's, like, on the edge of town, like, 15 minutes out into, like, you know, suburban outlet mall land. And she had, like, blue okay. dreads, and I'm, like, covered in tattoos and stuff. And we're like, 
walking around and dude people were like guarding their children like <laughs> walking out of our way and i'm just like oh my lord dude i cannot believe it we're here this is it this is mormon utah this is what they told us about this is what everybody warned me about people yeah people are legitimately afraid of me here <laughs> yeah. after salt lake we went to oh we started making our way to like southern idaho spend some time in like twin falls and air and like that area and mm-hmm. yikes that whole area is beautiful, but God, the people, like, <laughs> they either think you're all right or they fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Southern, or- Southern Idaho is very similar to, like, your rural Utah, you know? Like, there's still very, very much Mormon influence and very afraid of outsiders. Yeah. But spending, like, the week and a half we did around Zion was the perfect uh like cost for all of that (laughs) (laughs) it was worth it i lived in utah for two years and i never made it to any of the national parks (laughs) oh i've been to moab and arches a few times now since i left the first time i went to moab and and arches was like two years after i stopped living in utah (laughs) (laughs) my like two memories i have from utah is driving around really late at night with my family on a road trip and uh, we were there was a big thunderstorm, and we were on my way to my grandpa's house, and we like, got stopped in the middle of the road by a bull, and we had to like like a legit like giant cow, and we had to like back up, and then we backed up, and there were more cows. We were like surrounded by them, <laughs> and so then some guy was like on a like a quad, had yep. to like get off his quad, and he knew what to do. He like came over and was like, "Don't worry, I got this," and like moved the cows out of the way so we could drive away, and then like. Three days later, while we're at my grandpa's house, he's like, let's go to this music festival. And he's, like, a really big, like, religious guy. And we show up, and it's, like, a bunch of stoner rock and, like, a bunch of people smoking weed. And he didn't know. He just knew that I liked music, so he's like, let's go. So, like, my grandma and my grandpa are, like, freaking out. My mom and I think this is, like, awesome. And my stepdad's like, this is amazing. But, like, my grandparents were like, oh, my God, we need to leave. And we thought it was amazing. We thought it was the like, coolest thing ever. But they were totally terrified. It was awesome. Nice. <laughs> I will say that the music scene in Salt Lake is really supportive. I mean, not they don't really like folk punk that much. Like, that has never gone over very well. But when I was doing, like, the fancy jazz stuff with the King Strang and the Stranglers, the swing dance community fucking loved us. And so they were extremely yeah. supportive of, like, that that project. They'd show up to every show. And so we're playing, Fuck like, yeah. you know, dive bars on the edge of town, and it's, like, full of swing dancers. And so, like... The floor is just like swing dancing. I'm like, this is so authentic right now. <laughs> That's so cool. Hell yeah. And then I was in like a, a garage punk band called Los Yeah Yes. I, I, I implore everybody to look it up. It was a really good time. And uh, um, we played like a, everything from like punk shows and basements to like the larger venues in town. And it was like it was so fun. Everybody was just super supportive. There's like maybe 100 people who are in every band and like, do all do everything so like you end up becoming really close with uh really like a lot of people so every time i go back to salt lake it's like going home yeah i miss miss salt lake some good friends there you know that's awesome they're gonna listen to this and be like god that one guy just talks shit about the whole area what the hell (laughs) (laughs) no once you get in with once you get in with the crew they're dude they're super super sweet all right. And, like, you only hang out with the same people every day because, like, who else are you going to hang out with? Mormons? Yeah. <laughs> Seems small, but it's really self-sufficient, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. So with uh, like the style of music and the whole like ragtime kind of stuff that you started doing, where do you draw your like influences from? Well, it started out with like the jug band stuff. <clears throat> There's like, you know, it's the, a, a, an era in um, like American traveling culture, like a couple, 10 years ago, maybe like 2012, 2011, where everybody was going around playing jug band music, riding trains and stuff. And I never rode any trains, but I was watching all their videos on YouTube, you know, like Yes Ma'am and Tuba Skinny, Drunken Catfish Ramblers, like the the stuff, right? And so I'm like, oh, I, I love this music. I want to play it. And then I did. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. I work, I That's like probably the most direct answer we've had to that question. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was listening to this music and then I played it. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was working yeah. a job in college that was like, I didn't, I didn't do shit. You know, I just kind of sat around and like, Whenever I was the GIS technician for the facilities management department, so I basically just did the campus map, which you can imagine doesn't change very often, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't really like a ton of things to do. So I basically just sat on YouTube and like watched people busking on Royal Street, for like a year. That's awesome. <laughs> All and right. now here we are, and I live in New Orleans, and I busk on Royal Street, playing the same songs I was watching on YouTube. Full circle ending, yeah. Hell yeah! Dang. See what you like and go get it. Yeah. <laughs> Tuba Skinny's playing yeah, right now, actually. I almost did the interview over there, but we didn't make it in time, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're playing on the street. Wow. Mm -hmm. So other than, like, the area around there, where else would you say would be, like, your favorite busking spot? Oh, man, there's one in every city. So, uh... <clears throat> In Portland, it was always Voodoo Donuts. That's the spot because everybody's waiting in line for their bougie donuts, right? <clears throat> and since they're waiting in line, you basically have them held their captive. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they can't go away and they're forced to listen to you. And then we found, me and Luke found this really dope spot in Cleveland. Like we had a break in a tour or whatever. And we're just like, well, let's go busk. And Cleveland's halfway between Pittsburgh and Detroit. So I guess we'll just like hang out there. And it's like, very similar situation right there's a nice street it's all blocked off to traffic it's all outdoor seating for restaurants and there's a little gap in all the outdoor seating fences that like you have everybody sitting there eating dinner so they can't leave and you just subject them to your music and then <laughs> they come out and pay us enough money that we'd get a hotel room a six-pack and go sleep and then just <laughs> wake up the next day and do it again and then we're, oh, well, yeah. pearl street and boulder is always a good spot house yeah. There's I'm going to go back through and like, write these all down so I can make sure I hit all these spots when I actually go into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forest Captain Busking. This sounds like a niche that we should all be yeah. playing. Yeah, you, you just go wherever there's a line. You just sit down and start playing. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there like you go. Street, fair, street fairs and farmer's markets are always good, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's just strolling around with cash in their pocket, you know? Yeah. Right. But I don't think I've made as good money anywhere as you do here. Because especially... Especially because I'm playing like jazzy stuff, so people think it's authentic New Orleans music, you know? I'm like, right. wow, how authentic this man from the Pacific Northwest is. <laughs> Give your money to yeah. the local artists, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, if it works for you, right? Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah, before the pandemic hit, me and uh, my fiance Kit, we were, we were renting a room and a shotgun that had like eight people in it. And so rent was like 125 dollars each a month so i could literally make rent in one saturday in like two hours and they're like well all right i made 120 bucks today i'm done damn damn yeah 
<laughs> it was good money. I haven't been out. I went out twice during the pandemic, but like never made good enough money. And like I'm like I'm kind of exposing myself. So I'm on the street and yeah. wasn't really about it. So I'm like I went out once pretty early on. There was no one out there. Made fifty five dollars, and then the next time I went out, like three months later, I made like twenty dollars. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> I'm wait till yeah. it's over, and then go busk again. But it's it's back now, man. The quarter's popping. It's not safe, but there's ton of people. Hell yeah! Uh, I went out busking probably like once or twice uh, since COVID hit, and yeah, yeah it's just kind of like out there screaming to an empty street yeah but... it was a ghost down here for a while wow yeah like around here you're lucky if you make like five bucks you're like yes i made yeah. enough to get a snack at the convenience store yep yeah right that's like... one tall boy and a bag of cheetos <laughs> yep you gotta you gotta busk downtown tacoma to get bus fare to go up to seattle so you can <laughs> like busk downtown seattle to get bus fare to go up to like broadway and busk there and get enough money to go home right <laughs> you basically just bus to get bus fare to get you to your next spot to get more bus fare yeah, yeah right. it's a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> right it's kind of like a little tour you yeah. know yeah like, there you go i feel like i've never done the pike place market and i should probably go busk there sometime just to see what it's like like busking at the market you have to like apply for Ah, fucking yeah. yeah. I went busking there once across the street. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I went busking there across the street from Pike Place once because I was like, oh, it's not technically in Pike Place Market, so I should be fine. And a cop came over and said, do you have a permit? And I was like, uh, I didn't know you had to have one because at the time I didn't know. And he was like, well, I'm going to take all the money you've made. And like, oh took all God. the money. Like, anyway. Classic cop. Classic cop. Yep. Last night we we went to Gorilla Karaoke in like downtown Nor in like downtown New Orleans, which is the bougiest, yeah. like fanciest place you could ever be, right? But there's some abandoned <laughs> building that our friend found a way into, and there's this big open gravel lot in the back of it. And so they strung up all these lights and made karaoke start going on, right? So we're all singing karaoke, and then of course the cops showed up, and then they took the ah. fucking day. And like, wow. Thanks for stealing my shit. It's pretty rude. Like, yeah holy crap we have garbage bags we're leaving no trace like it should be fine yeah wow That's but then we didn't really get it clean up because the cops came and kicked us all out oh yeah right then of course like the next day people complain about it like see the mess they made yeah right yeah right it's like That'd i would have cleaned it up but you didn't let me stick around <laughs> right i would have helped but you didn't let me help so here yeah. we are yeah they stole shit classic cop move I do have one question I made sure to write down, and I'm pretty sure, like, I've thought about this over and over again since you came out with the Second Coming album. What mic did you use on your vocals? Do you know what mic that was? Because it sounds fucking great. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. You'd have to ask Jesse. All right, yeah, because uh, being, like, an audio guy myself, like, I'm sitting there listening to it, and I'm like, I like that. I, I want that mic. <laughs> I need to figure yeah, out yeah. what the hell he used. We might have put some distortion on it too. I don't really remember. I'm not really. I'm not a studio guy at all. I fucking hate being in the studio. I only know half of my songs because most of the time I just sit there, read the lyrics off my phone, fumble through it, and then just be like, "Yeah, it's good enough. Fuck it, dude. Put it out." <laughs> <laughs> 
get it over with. I'm trying to get out of here. I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> Recording does suck. The moment you hit record, you forget everything that you fucking practiced. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even with centers, because we do everything to like a click track. There's metronomes, and you got to be in time all the time. No mistakes made, you know? And so, like, you can't really get the feel down because you're focused so hard on doing it technically correct. You're like, right well, now I can't, like, play hard because then I'll get out of time, you know? And so I, I just fucking hate recording. <laughs> yeah. You're more fancier than I am, though, because when I record, it's, like, in my room with a USB microphone. And it's, <laughs> like, I position it usually so it's, like, in between my ukulele and my vocals. So maybe oh, yeah. it picks up both. And then yeah, I re-record yeah. the vocals on a separate track and then put it all together. And it's just like, I don't mix anything. I just like, oh, I I remember one time I, I, I was in school and they said something about reverb. Mm, all right. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit of this, a little bit of that. All right. Sounds good enough. Throw it out there. Yeah. My Fuck first it. album was done on one microphone, but it was like one microphone from the 30s. Oh, damn. Like, Really That's fancy cool. microphone. And then my buddy Chad was the one, like, mixing it and doing all the stuff. And he was, like, super pro. But, like, I was moving from Salt Lake back to Portland. And I'm like, well, I saved up a bunch of money. I'm just going to live in my van and, like, busk and, like, kick it and wait until we go on tour again. Like, I had no plan. Like, I'm just going to I'm gonna go on the Sinners tour for two weeks and then, like, kick it. And he's like, well, do you have anything to sell while you're busking? Like, a CD or something? And I'm like, nah, dude, I don't care about that. He's like, but, I mean, you should, though. Like, he'd probably make a lot more money if you had a CD to sell. I'll record you if you want. And I'm like, nah, man, nah, it's cool. He's like, no, come on, man. You need it. Just get get in my, like, living room, and I'll record you. And then it turns out he's got, like, all this dope-ass shit. It's like a super good sound engineer. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, he's got his own business washing windows. And I'm like, dude, Chad, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you did the whole thing for free. And I'm like, dude, I owe you so much money right now. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Sell your money. <laughs> so is that that like, what's it called? Like the sad boy stomp or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that one was all all on one mic. Oh wow. Yeah, pretty pretty That's old. Boy, you know, singing to a can style. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Hmm. Now I got to go back and listen to that album. <laughs> I was gonna say I think Shane's audio audio like mine is now going. Ooh, I need to go study that now. Yeah. On the second coming, the song, <laughs> I end. Fuck, god damn it! <laughs> I sung yeah. the words wrong, and then Luke's on the other side, and he's like, "Is there like another verse or something?" And I'm like, "Not." Nah. He's like, "So there's no new lyrics or anything?" I'm like, "Nah." He's like, Let's "Just keep it." And I'm like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I don't give a fuck. Leave what? it." <laughs> yeah. Didn't even finish the song. Just like messed up in the like toward the end, and he's like, "Yeah, close enough." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right, close enough." <laughs> That's awesome. And that's the do-it-yourself way. Yeah, honestly, that's probably the only correct way to play it because I've never played it live because I don't know the words. So. There you go. Oh, the only time I've ever played that song. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Huh. My effort level is extremely low. Well, cool. Thank Here is a song so from King for, uh, Strang entitled The Second Coming. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for tuning into yeah. this week's yeah. episode of Local yeah. Listens. Yeah. And next yeah. week's yeah. guest yeah. is JCK. Of This Machine Kills Gods. We hope you tune in next time and have a great and music filled week.
God damn it.